Hey, well, what a great picture of what it means to be a part of the body of Christ. You know, when we talk about serving and being involved in ministry, that really is just a glimpse of, I think, the heart that God has called us to have, of this really being more than just volunteering or a checklist or um, childcare. It really is not just how we're making disciples and forming people around us, but how God's also, through that process, forming our hearts and growing us and shifting us into just a closer picture of, of who Jesus is. And so, listen, I hope as we get into where we're going in the next year, that is a, almost a springboard of what God has called us to do. You kind of see a vision of the church living itself out in a story. And you know, with vision, I think vision is kind of a funny word. You hear it a lot. <clears throat> you kind of... Um, I think it's a bit of a buzzword, you know, in church and business. We always hear, like, what's your vision? And tell me about the vision that you have. And a lot of times we hear vision and our default is to think through, okay, what am I going to do? What am I going to accomplish? How am I going to take my gifts, my resources, um, my plans and implement that to do something big, right? Like that's just what we do when we think vision. And that's not entirely bad. I think that's a lot of how we've seen vision defined and played out in the secular world. And so so often, and I'm like this, is actually um, in week two of the next series, I'm going to talk more about this, so I'm not going to get too far ahead of myself, but a lot of times we go in just ready to run. And I think sometimes what happens when we go in seeking a vision that we can really make a huge impact with, there's, there's these moments where God calls us to slow down where he redirects us away from what we want to do to, to what he wants to do. And that really is the heart behind where we are going in the next year as a church. And so our elders, um, four years ago now, got together and mapped out this six-year vision arc for where God is going to call RCC. And if you've been around a while, you know that. If you're new, maybe this is kind of an introduction to you, but we have the whole stand out in the lobby. And so year one was hearing and responding. Year two was being grounded in God's word. Last year was living out our calling in community. This year, <clears throat> there's, a, there's a marked shift away from what we do into what God is doing because our vision for the year is that we are going to be a people that pray like our lives depend on it. So what's our vision for the year? That we would be completely and wholly dependent on God for everything. How do we do that? How do we cultivate a dependence on God? Well, we pray. And so as we were kind of visioning out <clears throat> what this was gonna look like as a staff, um, we were sitting back in the conference room and Priya talked about a verse in the book of Job that stuck out to her and I couldn't stop thinking about this picture. And so if you have your Bibles, as we set a table to talk about this vision today, we're gonna be in Job chapter 22 verses 23 through 25. And I think this is such a beautiful picture of what we want to do this year as we settle in to this posture of being a people who pray like our lives depend on it. It says, if you return to the Almighty, you will be built up. If you remove injustice far from your tents, if you lay gold in the dust, in the gold of Ophir among the stones of the torrent bed, then the Almighty will be your gold and your precious silver. So that section right there of laying our gold down 
in realizing that God himself is in fact our treasure is this transformative movement of our hearts that reflects our dependence on him. Because that idea of taking what we think is valuable and exchanging it for who God is, is what we do when we go to him in prayer. Ultimately, what we're saying is, God, take what I think is good and replace it with your good. God, take my plans and change them to be what you've called me to do. And so much of who we are as Christians is completely rooted and dependent on the goodness of God. From our salvation into our sanctification into our mission, we are a people, whether we acknowledge it or not, that is dependent on God for everything. And so this year as a church at RCC, what we want to do is boldly and continuously go to God and build a dependence on him. And prayer is our pathway to dependence. That's actually the next sermon series that we're going to be in. Because if we are a people who is serious about our faith, it is going to be grounded in a dependence on God. And so that's it. That's what we want to do this year. Is we want to take our priorities. We want to take our goals. We want to take our vision. We want to say, God, we open up our hands and we wait for you to show us what ultimately is good. And through prayer, we exchange everything that we're chasing after that we consider good for the ultimate goodness that is a relationship with God and knowledge of God and the presence of God in our lives. And so what you're going to see as we continue to walk into this is that this vision is going to play out really in four major areas. And that's what we want to talk about today is we talk about being a people that is dependent on God. We're going to examine these four areas and talk through what it looks like to lay our gold down, our valuables down, so that we can fully live into the reality that God himself is our treasure. And our prayer life is going to be the fuel that drives that engine. We're going to be people that don't just pray because it's a checklist or because it's something we do. We want to be a people that pray and go to the Lord because we truly believe that we are fully dependent on him. And so the first area that I want to talk to you about and how this vision plays out is actually super practical. And that is our finances and our resources. And so as a church, I want to talk a little bit about where we were financially last year and where we're going in the next year. Okay. And so as we get ready to vision into a ministry year, this is one of those aspects that maybe doesn't feel super spiritual, but it is. And so let me talk a little bit about where we were last year, because this in and of itself is a story of our dependence on God. This is projected because we're not done. Our fiscal year runs um, September to September. And so there's a couple weeks left in August. We're, we're making some projected educated guesses here. And so right now, our projected expenses for the last ministry year were $730,219,000. Our projected income is $670,000. And you might see that and say, wait a second, you, you want the bottom number to be bigger. Well, let's just, I want you to keep something in mind here because that expense number is inclusive of the entirety of the senior pastor transition process. So that was the search firm costs. That was interview costs. That was moving expenses. Thank you, by the way. And so... <laughs> That is not what we would consider a part of our normal budget. And so I'm going to get to that number here in a second, but, but here's the really cool reality of how our faithfulness on God is reflected in these numbers. When you remove the search firm costs, we spent exactly, almost exactly what came in. So here's the story of the last budget year. God provided exactly what we needed. 
Everything that we needed, God provided. And that's been the story of God's provision for our church, right? Some of you remember um, when we needed a pastor, right? A full-time pastor, and we hired Matt Miller. Some of you guys remember when we suddenly needed a place to meet, and God provided this space. This is just another chapter of God providing what we needed. And we are so thankful that he did. Um, let me give you a picture of that that extra expense that we had some reserves that we could draw out of. Our pastoral transition total cost to pay the search firm, to buy plane tickets, to transition Matt out and to transition me in was $74,776. To give you some context for that number, the range that we expected that cost to be going into it on the front end was gonna be somewhere between 60 and $90,000. Those of sort of the estimates that we got is uh, conversations were had with the search firm, with people that had done this before. And so the good news is we landed on the low side of the middle of that, right? And so this was an investment really in the future and with people that we made, um, that we are thankful that God provided, that we had available to us. And so as we talked about that, we wanted to give a full accounting of where that number ended up. So that's a little bit of where we were. Let me talk about where we're going in the next year. And so for 2022, 2023, we have a budget that we've raised a little bit to $800,000. And the reason that we've done that is because of the second line that you see there. Um, so in 2018, 2019, our elders started a conversation about the need for a full-time associate minister in our church um, to provide some specific leadership in the areas of spiritual formation and with our families. And so what happened then is that conversation ramped up was there was a pandemic and then there was a senior pastor transition and this role was put on hold for a couple of years. Even in my interview process, this was a value that they spoke to me pretty early on that, hey, this is something that we've been thinking that we really do believe is needed. And as we continued that conversation this year, it was a bit of a challenging conversation because we were at this intersection of, God, what does it look like to be good stewards? And what does it look like to be faithful to where you've called us? And so for probably the past almost month, um, as elders, we've been in consistent and deep prayer around this need. And as we've done that, it's been clear to us that God has, has said, yes, this is, an, this is an investment we have to make. As a congregation, when we look at who we are called to be and what is needed in equipping people to grow in their faith and serving our families, we need to have a position that is coming alongside us to do this work. So this is an investment. This is not an irresponsible investment. This is not an investment that we are not equipped to make, but this is an investment that is going to invite us into generosity to make it happen. And when we invest money, we wanna invest in what's important. And there's three things that are eternal, right? God, his word, and his people. And this is an investment in our people. This is an investment in our future. This is an investment in how the kingdom is going to continue to advance in the lives of not just our people, but in our families. And so for, for six months, and that's really what we projected out this year, is this is a position that we'd like to hire in January. The cost for that is gonna be $35,000. And that's gonna be salary, insurance, um, and that's all in line with what the national average would be for this role. And so this is an advancement. This is an investment, and this is a step of faith and generosity that we are 
strongly convicted that we need to take as a church. And so I cannot wait to talk more about what this is gonna look like. I can't wait to see how God is going to continue to provide for us. But listen, as we're in a year where we're dependent on God, we believe that this is an area that God is calling us to depend on him in. This is an area that we have the ability to do, and this is an area that we are excited about how God is gonna provide for us. And so continue to be in prayer with us as we finalize the details of a job description, of, of the timing of what we're looking for, of how that's gonna play out. Um, truly, there's anticipation in us in how we see a need, really, because of growth that God is calling us to meet. Um, so that is what we are looking at internally as a church. Let me talk about what we're looking at externally. Because as a church, we don't just invest in these four walls, we also invest out. And so we have four global mission partners that we give to. Our overall support is $38,500. Um, and those partners are She Is Safe, works with um, sex child trafficking, and that is focused in India and Nepal. We have worldwide proclamation in Brazil. We recently heard from Bruno and his wife a couple of weeks ago. You guys remember that? Um, we have the Paulus Movement in Hungary, and we have the Pioneers in Ghana. Those are our global missions partners. We also have a local missions partner, Hope Roswell. Hope Roswell is a ministry that is supported by multiple churches in our city, and Hope Roswell focuses on underserved, underprivileged communities. And so... Hope Roswell does an incredible job of engaging local schools to leverage getting in and helping people that need help. In fact, at the end of September, we have, maybe you've heard of it, um, Hope Roswell. It's called the Day of Hope. It's a, it's a massive day where about 1,500 people show up and they need volunteers. And as a church, we're continuing to step into this area that God's called us into. And so we'll talk a bit more about that going forward. But Hope Roswell is a local missions partner that we are really excited to continue to engage along with some other churches in our area. So as we look at our resources, as we look at where we feel like God has called us, we're really boldly and with anticipation coming to God in prayer and saying, God, we're dependent on you to provide what we need to do what you've called us to do. Ultimately, that's the heart behind how we steward our finances is God, we fully believe you've called us to these areas and we fully understand that we're dependent on you to provide what we need. That's where we are. It's gonna be an exciting year. We believe it is gonna be a year where God is going to move, not just here, but around the world. And I really, I cannot wait to see how he's going to show up and provide for us just like he has up to this point. So let me talk a little bit about the ministry side now. We got into the practical. Let's talk about these three areas of, of RCC ministry that we're gonna see this pathway to dependence play out in. The first one is a personal. So. How are we gonna be a people that pray like our lives depend on it? We're gonna build prayer as a personal spiritual discipline. And for some of us, this is really exciting. We're like, yes, I love to pray. I pray all the time. I've already been doing this. This is my vision always. Others of us, if you're like me, you're like, oh man, that means I have to slow down and be quiet. I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know if I'm good at prayer. I'm not one of those people that pray. There's people that pray, that's not me, right? For some of us, this is not the most natural place that we go. Well, how are we gonna develop a congregation, a community that prays like our lives depend on it? We're gonna practice, we're gonna practice. 
And so as we prepare to come into this ministry year, what we've done is every time we have a sermon series, there's going to be two kind of aspects that we're going to engage as a community in around this. And one of them is going to be personal tools that are going to strengthen our prayer life. Every time we have a sermon series, we're going to provide a different tool as a congregation for us to take into our lives and engage our prayer life in a new way. Actually, kind of an example of the first, and I'll give you a preview, is we have prayer cards. Really simple. Every week, there's going to be one question around prayer that is going to sync up with what we're talking about on a Sunday morning. This is for the first six weeks of this Pathway to Dependence series. We'll have these for you when you walk in. We'll have them every week because I'm going to lose mine, and you might too. And so every week, there's going to be one question around prayer. And here's what we want you to do. We want you to talk about this. So if you're a family, we want you to talk about this around the dinner table. Um, David and I were talking about family discipleship a little bit actually this week and just what does it look like for, um, it was he and I talking. So we were talking, what does it look like for us as dads to lead our family spiritually? How can we be fathers who are talking with our kids about who God is and what it means to grow in him? Sometimes that's not intuitive. Sometimes that's not natural. You know, I get home and um, it's been a long day. I've fought traffic, uh, which is really just a life drain for me and you probably, right? And then you just want to get the kids dinner. You want to get them to bed and then you're ready to go to sleep. And so it can be kind of a challenge to make that space to talk about what God is doing and to be a parent who's leading spiritually. We want these to be a help for you. So man, around the dinner table, at the breakfast table, on the way to school, on the way home, talk about these questions. Maybe I don't have kids. Well, who's in your small group? Who are roommates? Who are people at work? We want to be a people who engage and cultivate this dependence on the Lord. Because listen, all of us, just like that verse in Job, we have that treasure that we hang on to, right? We have that gold. We have those places that we put our trust in. And if we don't make active, consistent attempts to go before the Lord in prayer, we're not going to be people that are dependent on him. And so as people this year, we want to be a people that grow in how we pray. We want to be a people that grow in how we're on our knees before God and how we're consistently putting down all of those little idols or all of those plans or all of those false saviors that we chase. We want to be people that grow in how we listen to God and hear his voice. We want to grow in our awareness of who he is and what he's doing in our life. We want to be people that are quick to slow down and seek the face of God because we live in a culture that is busy, loud, and noisy. And if we don't make space for this, then so often this idea of dependence on God gets drowned out just in the noise of our life. And so as we approach this year as people, we want to take time as individuals to build a rhythm that takes us in front of God where we are more and more dependent on him for everything. Whether that is what it means to follow him this year, whether that's how we handle our finances, whether that's how we're parenting our kids, right? Whether that's literally this week, I, like this weekend, I have just been knotted up about, God, I don't know how to parent my kids well. And I've got one that's like kind of having some, you know, I don't even know if it's challenges. My wife would say I'm overreacting and she's usually right about that. But either way, I'm just like, God, I don't know how to fix this. And we all have those, those places in our lives where we're like, God, I don't know how to fix this. And we have this choice is we can keep trying to fix it or we can go to him and build a dependence. It's better for us when we're a people that are dependent on the Lord. And so this year as individuals, we wanna make a commitment that we are gonna be a people that is dependent on the Lord in prayer. Here's the second place that we wanna go. That's in community. 
We aren't just individuals that are dependent on the Lord. We want to be a community that's dependent on the Lord together. And so when we are in those spaces of community, whether that's your small group that start here in the next week or so, whether that is in a women's Bible study group, whether that is just in mentoring relationships that you have, we want to be a people that take that time of community and and we want to be intentional with it. So often what we see in the New Testament is this expectation that we're praying together, that we're a people of prayer when we come together. And a lot of times we don't always do that. And there's a lot of different reasons. We're busy. For some of us, it's very uncomfortable to pray around other people, whether it's like, man, I don't want to say the wrong thing, or I don't want to be vulnerable and let them know what's really going on because they might judge me, or man, I just don't even know that I have time to pray. I just want to relax and I want to hang out. And we don't have prayer at the center of our communal rhythms. And so as small groups this year, we really do want to take time and focus on praying together. We want to focus on coming together and being open about where we need prayer. God doesn't just call us to pray for ourselves, right? He calls us to pray for the people that he's brought into our lives. And so if we're really going to be a people that are dependent on God, that means being a people that pray for one another and pray together. And so when we think about community this year, we want to live in community in a way that's dependent on God. So we want to pray together in a community, but here's what else we want to do. We actually want to live into the community that we're praying for. How easy is it to want community? It's, it's easy, right? We all want that on some level. It's a little more difficult when that becomes real and there's other people in the room though. And so if we're going to be a people that, that are dependent on God, we're gonna have to be a people that are dependent on God together. And so that means that we're actually gonna have to make space for community in our lives. We're not just gonna pray when we're in small groups, we we wanna go to our small groups so we can pray there. And for some people like, man, small groups is not a fit for me. Listen, that's okay. Where are you in community? Are you making space to be in community when you're serving? Are you making space to be in community for coffees or, or for missions opportunities? Or for, listen, it's simple as in our women's ministry, we have opportunities for women. We just had a women's connect event. We're gonna have more. Like, are you making space to show up and be in those communities? For our men's ministry, we have opportunities for guys just to get together to build those relationship and connection time. I think we're starting like, um, like a soccer game soon. And so if you, if you just need a place to go, we'll, we'll kick a soccer ball around. Are you going to be people that that are willing to engage with other Christians. If we're gonna be dependent on the Lord, one of the expressions of that dependence is obedience. And one of the primary places that God has called us as a church is loving, caring relationships with each other. And so we'll never depend on God in isolation because we need people to ask us those hard questions about how we're doing. We need people to help us see blind spots where maybe we aren't as dependent as we could be. And we need people to encourage us when dependence seems difficult. Dependence doesn't grow in isolation. Dependence only grows in community. So as a church, we want to depend on God and we want to do that where we are loved and known and encouraged. And so this year, we're going to talk a lot about dependence as a community. We're going to talk a lot about being vulnerable with those strongholds that we have where we just can't quite let go. We want to talk about our fears. We want to talk about where we struggle because we need each other. We need each other. It's one thing to say that community is a value. It's another thing to make time for it. We're very good about saying community is a value. We want to be just as good about living it out. 
And I know, I know my plate's full. We hear that a lot, and it's true. We have full plates. We have full plates. What do we need to put down so we can live into the goodness of what God's called us to? What do we need to carve out so we can be together? I don't know what that looks like for you. You know, I don't know. Um, but I, I know for me, I like just quiet. I do. I like quiet. I like silence. I like still organization. It just feels good. And there's times in small group where I'm like, man, this just does not feel exciting to me because there's going to be a lot of kids. They're going to be loud. It's going to be chaos. I'm not going to be able to relax. I'm not going to be able to turn my brain off. I'm going to have to engage people when I'm tired. It's hard. It's messy. It's not easy. But it's worth it if we're going to be a people that are dependent on God. If we're going to pray like our lives depend on it, we got to pray together. We've got to pray together. We're also going to make some space in the next year to pray together in corporate gatherings, right? We're going to make space where whether that's in worship service sometimes in different ways or whether that's even just kind of a worship and prayer night aside from a Sunday where we're going to stop and say, God, we are coming to you as a people to seek your will and to seek your face and to grow in our dependence on you because we want to be a people that loves and prays together. And so this vision of being a people that is dependent on God is going to play out in community. We have to do this together. We have to do this together. Here's the third place that this is going to play out. It's in our mission. It's in our mission. Our dependence on God is going to play out in the mission that he's given us as a church. God has called us to come together and worship him on a regular basis on the weekends. He's also called us to go out and evangelize the world that he's placed us in, right? So as we are dependent on God, as we're seeking him in prayer, we're not just seeking him in prayer for what he wants for our lives. We're seeking him in prayer for what he wants for us as a church. How has God called us to engage the world that he's put us in and the community that he's put us in? As the world is starting to open back up a little bit, we'll see opportunities where we can engage our global mission partners and trips again. We used to be able to do that before the pandemic, right? That's going to start to open up again. For some of us, it's not even about going on a trip. For some of us, it's about how we are coming alongside these partners, whether it's praying for them here, whether it's financially, whether it is building relationships, whatever. I had somebody come up after Bruno's and say, hey, I actually, um, I'm an illustrator. I can draw. I can do art. Would they maybe have a need for me to do some art to help with their mission? Whatever giftings that God has given you, we have these missions partners. H how do we know? How do we know where God's called us to connect with them? Well, we're going to be dependent on him in prayer. We're going to seek his will and his face for how we would engage these opportunities that he's laid out for us. For some of us, we may have a vague understanding that we give to some of these places, but we don't know anything else about them. For others of us, we hear Bruno talk about, hey, I, I, need, I need some help building an office. And we're like, I can do that. When can I get on a plane? I can build stuff. Let's, let's build an office. I don't know who you are or where you are on that spectrum, but I know you're on that spectrum somewhere because you're a part of RCC. So how are we going to know how God's called us to engage? Well, we're going to pray and ask him. We want to be dependent on God, not just to meet the needs that these ministries have, but to show us how we can engage. With Hope Roswell, it's right in our own backyard. 
so many of us have this deep passion for this community and for how God is working in school systems and how God is meeting needs where people don't have what they need just to get by. We're like, man, I want to be a part of that, but I don't know how, or I'm scared, or I don't know if I have time. Well, how, how are we going to bridge that gap? We don't want it to primarily be through our efforts or our good ideas. We want it to be through an obedience that's driven by dependence on God. So we want to pray about how God's called us to be a part of the mission. Here's the other aspect of mission that we pray for, for God to accomplish it. We sang this today. At the end of our faith is a belief that everything that is accomplished isn't through us, but through God's mercy and his sovereignty. That's what we believe as Christians. So when we look at the mission that God's called us to, we can take one of two approaches to, to doing that. We're going to figure this out and do it, or God's going to do it and he's going to use us as he wants to. One of those is dependent on God. One of those is dependent on us. As a people, we want to be a people that is dependent on God. So as we look at what God has called us to do this year, we want to be a people that first gets on our knees and says, God, we need you. God, we need you to move in Roswell. God, we need you to move in our neighborhoods. We need you to move in Brazil and Hungary and Ghana and India and Nepal. We need you to do what only you can do. The first instinct that we have as we look at what God's called us to do has to be to pray and ask him to do it. It has to be. So for that to be a reality, we, we practice. And so we're going to pray and be dependent on God to accomplish the mission he's called us to. Because it can be overwhelming, right? It can be scary. It can be a little bit mysterious to look and see, okay, we're supposed to, we're, we're supposed to share our faith with people? We're, we're supposed to invite people in? That's uncomfortable. I don't know how to do that. What if I say the wrong thing? What if they don't like me? What if they say no? Or, or even, God, there's so much brokenness in the world. How can we make a difference? The odds of being able to, to call people and to understand of who you are seem overwhelmingly against us. How is this going to happen? Or God, I don't have this. I don't have this gifting. I don't have this money. I can't write this check. I can't get up and speak. I can't serve. I can't. Be All of the barriers that we can see between us and accomplishing this mission are only going to be overcome by a complete dependence on God to do what only he can do using us. And so we have a choice this year. We have a choice this year. We can enter this year and say, we want to be a church of doers, or we can enter this year and say, we want to be a church of people who pray and seek a dependence on the Lord because we ultimately believe he can do what we can't, that he can provide what we don't have, that he can show us solutions to problems that we don't have the answers for, that he can heal us where we're broken, that he can grow us where we're weak, that he can make us a people that are dependent on him. We have to believe that God can lower our reliance on ourselves and raise our reliance on him. And so we're gonna do that by being a people that pray like our lives depend on it. We're gonna guard against the temptation to make prayer a box that we check or write words that we have to say and we're gonna lean into prayer as a discipline that helps us to let go of all of the junk that we're holding on to and to cling on to God as our only hope and our only savior. We wanna be a people who pray like our lives depend on it in regards to our resources, 
in regards to our personal spiritual disciplines and how we live together in community and how we seek to accomplish the mission that only God can accomplish through us. We want to be a people that's totally reliant on him because at the end of the day, God's all we have. We don't actually have anything else. The good news is when we pray, we have a God that hears. We have a God that's eager to meet us. We have a God that meets us with grace and love and a desire for us to have good things. So we can approach God as people that can be competent in his love for us. And the reason we can is because of the death and resurrection of Jesus, because our sins have been forgiven, because we've been made new, and because we have been called children of God. So as we prepare to respond to this vision, we are going to respond first by returning to the foundation of our faith. We're going to celebrate the person and work of Jesus Christ through communion, where we remember who he is and what he did on the cross. We have these tangible reminders of why we can approach God with confidence. We have these tangible reminders of God's love for us and his grace for us and the forgiveness and the identity that are ours because of Jesus. This is the foundation of how we pray. This is the foundation of how we worship. This is the foundation of how we're known by God. And so, as we prepare for that, would you pray with me as we seek to be a people that live into this vision of a year where we pray like our lives depend on it? Because they do. God, we thank you that through you, we thank you that through your, your son, Jesus Christ, we have access to you. God, I, I just ask that as we enter a vision that can be hard, that can be difficult, that you would slow us down, give us the focus and ability to seek your face in prayer, grow our dependence and understanding on you, bring us together as a community, as a people that are quick and eager and find joy in being on our knees in front of you. God, give us a hope and a dependence in you and your love for us and your provision for us. Help us be people that are boldly dependent on you. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.